Welcome to the Seven Figure Girls Podcast, where we live, laugh, learn, and embrace the wisdom of everyday women doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Katrina the Hurricane. Let's get ready to learn, grow, and crown. Hello and welcome to the Seven Figure Girl podcast. Now, a lot of you may not know, but this podcast is actually about pageantry and finance. And so I figure what better way to start off the month of April, right? Um, to really go into a little bit more about pageantry. So I am so excited to have with me today, Andrea Nicole Sledge. Now you may not have heard of this woman, but you will and I will tell you all about her. She is the executive director of the National All World Beauties and Man of Distinction pageant, a pageant that she also has competed in and won. And as a plus size model, her features include Venus Diva, Scorch and Curves Magazine. Andrea has earned 12 national and lifetime pageant titles. She has competed in pageants such as the Miss Texas America pageant, the Miss Texas Plus America pageant, Miss Curve and the American Beauties Plus pageant. She also attended Cornell University where she received her business entrepreneurship certification. She served as the local director for the Texas Plus America pageant and served as head chairperson and director for the Fort Worth Miss Juneteenth pageant. And Andrea was also served as a consultant for the Miss Juneteenth movie. Uh, she volunteers with charities such as American Heart Association, the Colon Cancer Alliance, and Aid Services of Dallas. She has also served as the Youth Minister Director at Trinity Christian Worship Church and is the Reverend Lawrence C. Sledge III Memorial Fund founder. I want you all to give a round of applause to Miss Andrea Sledge. Woo! Hi. Welcome. Hi. Beautiful. Welcome to the Seven Figure Girl podcast. Hi, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, of course I was going to have you on. So um, as people may have heard me talk about before, I am currently Miss Texas All World Beauties Plus 2020-2021. She is. Yes. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I am so excited to be competing. Now, I have competed in the All World Beauties pageant before. I was Miss Illinois All World Beauties Plus 2018. And mm -hmm. so I am so proud because that's my home state. And so I am proud to be serving as Miss Texas. But I wanted to bring Andrea on because not only does she have an illustrious background in pageantry, she's also a fabulous person. And let me tell you, that bio I just oh. read, I didn't know she did all that. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea is so humble and down to earth. And I'm like looking at this like, I need to step my game up to be a little bit more like Andrea. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Listen, so, I all God is good. That's all I'm gonna say is God is good. Amen. So Andrea, tell me a little about yourself and how you got into pageantry. So um hello everyone. Again, thank you, Katrina, for this amazing opportunity. And I just want to say that I am so proud of you. Uh to watch your elevation and your growth um from when I met you to now is astonishing and i i am so 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 proud of you so kisses and kudos to you thank you and many success um for uh, your seven figure podcast i really appreciate the opportunity so a little bit about me i am a down home southern texas girl born and raised in dallas 
Um, I am the, I'm a, a daughter. Um, I'm a fantastic aunt. I'm a wonderful godmother. I'm a sister, a friend, and I believe in the power of entrepreneurship. Uh, that is who that is who I am. That is something that was instilled in me uh, very, very young. Um, and through my lineage, uh, my family were all strong entrepreneurs um, in their own right. Back in a time when Black people weren't supposed to own anything, um, my grandparents, they owned everything on Second Avenue in Dallas, uh, Texas for many years. So, so that kind of gives you an outlook on my drive. Um, so my introduction into pageantry came in 2008, actually. And it came through a lady, her name is BJ Johnson. She was the director for Dallas, Texas Plus America at the time. And I, I met her and she connected me with the amazing uh, Nanette Weeks, um, who we both know. And Nanette was my catalyst into um, really coming into the full span of pageantry. And I competed in Texas Plus America in 2009 as Miss Plano, and which you did as well. I know, it was Miss Plano and, 2017. Um, I know, right. <laughs> so I, um, so that's, that was my introduction um, into pageantry. And at the time, I can't say that I was looking for a place to belong, but what I can say is that I was really being pushed outside of my comfort zone. I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't understand exactly what was happening, you know, what was getting ready to come. Um, and clearly God was preparing me for something, right? And I just knew that I had to take this leap of faith and do something that I had never done. And in that time of growth and stretching, you know, of course your life changes, your circle changes, everything changes. Uh, but the one thing that has been steadfast in that is clear is that my growth uh, as an individual is ever going and ever growing. And pageantry really did that for me. So that's how I got involved originally in pageantry was meeting BJ and Nanette umpteenth almost years ago. It seems it seemed like it was yesterday, but it wasn't. Um, and it, it feels like it sometimes. But, but looking back on those experiences and I was looking at some of those photos the other day and I kept thinking to myself, oh, wow, okay. So, you know, when God has a purpose and a plan, ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen. It's gotta have to ride the way. And when I totally submitted myself to that, that's where it got me to where I am now. So I'm grateful for the journey and looking forward to the future and see what else is gonna happen. Amen to that. So I have been to your home and I have seen your beautiful crowns. Oh boy. Your setup Man. has made me jealous. I was like, woo. Listen, <laughs> they over there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, they are beautiful just standing. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I can only dream. I can only dream. Oh no, you look, you can have, you can have, trust me. You know. Each one of those crowns tells a story and each one of them has a story of Andrea in different phases of her life. Um, the smaller they are, the, the stronger they are. I tell people that all the time. 
Um, my journey through pageantry, you know, when I started winning pageants was not automatic. You know, I tell people that sometimes you have to put the work in, you know, to, to earn that space. But I never looked at it as defeat. I always looked at it as it wasn't my time just yet. So with every local um, that I had competed in or, or, or had done, and then when I went on to the state level, and if I, I did not, you know, become a state title holder, what did happen is all of these amazing opportunities would just land in my lap. And I would, so I remember competing in 2009 and Stephanie Danforth, who's one of the executive um, editors for Venus Diva Magazine, she emailed me and she said, cause she was one of the judges that year. And she said, Andrea, I want to interview you. And I remember telling her, well, I didn't win the pageant. And she said, that doesn't matter. She said, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know your story. I want to know um, more, more about you and, and what it is that, you know, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? And after that, things just started clicking on all cylinders and things just started happening for me that I know that was just nothing by the grace of God that was that was given to me. So if we fast forward to 2011, I had this awesome opportunity. So Lane Bryant hosted this Miss Curves competition. They no longer have it and I wish that they did, okay? So they had this and it was like thousands of women who were applying for this. And I remember telling my mom, I said, well, I'm gonna do this. And she said, she said, do it. She said, you're gonna get picked too. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? There are like thousands of people trying out for this. And then we found out that they were only taking the top 10 to Las Vegas to compete. And so I was like, okay, you know, so with every round, with every round, I would make the cut. And I was like, this is really going to happen. And, you know, all of the people that I met along the way, the one thing that blew my mind about that process was that whatever's meant for you is for you. I didn't think that I, I would be chosen out of all these women. You're thinking all of these other supermodels and everybody that's applying for this. And they're like, no, you know, th this is who we want. And to be chosen as one of the final 10 to represent the state of Texas is absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And it was a really, really, really great uh, opportunity. I wish, really wish they would bring that back. I know that Ashley is doing their take of pageantry, mm -hmm. but that Miss Curse competition was beautiful. And I really had a great, 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 great time there. Um, but each crown does tell a story. Um, and I tell people all the time that, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And I'm not a person that competes to collect crowns. I'm a person that competes with a purpose. Every crown on that shelf has a purpose. And the, and the purpose behind each one of them, you know, at first it was, I wanted to bring awareness to HIV and AIDS because that was something that was very personal to me. Um, then it was, I really wanted to bring about, um, you know, acknowledge, you know, everything that's going on with the American Heart Association that's why I competed in American Beauties Plus because their platform at the time was um, the American Heart Association. 
And then, then there was this shift. And the shift was, okay, it's time for you to go ahead and to address um, colon cancer. And what pushed that is I had a colon cancer scare in 2013. And uh, my father, uh, the great Reverend Lawrence Sledge and his memorial for today, uh, 35 years ago today, uh, he lost his battle with colon cancer. And it was hard for me because at that point I had to be honest about where I was and um, I had to own it. I had to own the fact that here it is now, I'm doing this for a whole different reason. Do I wanna be this vulnerable? And a lot of people don't think about it, but pageantry creates a level of vulnerability that a lot of people are not prepared for. Mm -hmm. So, but as long as you take that charge head on, what comes out on the other side of it is like the metamorphosis of a butterfly. Think mm -hmm. of it that way. Everything that I went through was, was my cocoon moment, but it wasn't until I was crowned ultimate for AWV that my wings finally spread and I had never felt more free um, to, to be and do and all the things that I wanted to do and all the things I wanted to be, I didn't, I just moved without second guessing, without thinking that, you know, oh no, I can't do this. No, you just move forward, always move forward in honor and in grace and all those things will be given to you. But every time I see those crowns, everybody's like, oh, they're so pretty. And I always think to myself, oh boy, if I could take each one of them down and tell you the story, because each one of them have a story. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that is a good point to bring up because um, we all have a reason why we started in pageantry and Absolutely. everyone is different. And so mine was as simple as it was something I wanted to do as a little girl. They used to mail a little pamphlets, you know, to my house <laughs> and I was like, look at them. Exactly. And my mother was like, you know, no, we don't have the money to do it. And, you know, I was all disappointed. And then as an adult, I was in my early thirties. I was like, why can't I go do this on my own? Like I'm an adult mm -hmm. now. And mm -hmm. I remember I attended the Miss, uh, Miss Plus America in Illinois. I did it. Mm -hmm. I forgot what year that was. I think it was mm -hmm. 2012, it was mm -hmm. 2012. And I was like, I remember um, there was another pageant queen from another system who was coming in and she came with her mother and she was like oh are you going to the pageant I was like yeah she was like honey you should just enter you will win you should just enter and I was like I was so flattered you know I was like really <laughs> and so you know I sat through that whole pageant I was like you know just watching all the parts and I was like oh my gosh I want to do this well being a single mother at the time I'm like I just I can't afford to be in pageantry Mm -hmm. So then fast forward, I moved to Texas in 2013 and it didn't even hit me again until 2016. Mm -hmm. And then I saw, oh, Texas does Miss Plus America. And they were having um, a sign up at an Ashley Stewart store. Okay. And so I went and I met uh, Shannon. I can't remember Shannon's last name now, but um, she was, yeah. Shannon mm -hmm. Simmons and she was Miss Texas that year and I was like she was so beautiful she was like a black Barbie mm -hmm. I remember she had on the pink outfit and everything I was like oh she's so pretty <laughs> mm -hmm. she is gorgeous 
Yeah, and I had braces on. My hair was about an inch long. And I was like, you know. So signing up for that pageant for me was about gaining confidence. It was about coming out of my shell, like you said, Mm -hmm. and, you know, taking myself out of that comfort place. But I did it to like fulfill a childhood dream. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anyone helping me. I, I don't walk well in heels. And even with all of that, I still play second runner up in the Miss All World Beauties as Miss Plano uh, 2017. And so I was like, oh, wow, I could do this. And so then um, I was introduced to you because of that, because we mm-hmm. did a volunteer activity with mm-hmm. um, IPAC for the we Little sure Girls did. of South Dallas. And that's how I we met sure you. Did. And we went... Our group went out to eat at Cheesecake Factory afterwards. We sure did. And you were saying stuff. And I was like, I got to get to know her. (laughs) (laughs) And then I learned about your pageant system. And I was like, ooh, I want want to do it. And I remember, I forgot how, but I reached out to you and we went out to dinner and we bonded over a couple of personal situations. And you were like, hey, do you want to be in the pageant? I was like, really? And so I became Miss Illinois. And I was like, you sure did. (laughs) And so you, the the friendship that we have created, I just appreciate so much. And so I I hope I'm making you proud as I continue on my journey in all world beauties. Absolutely. As Miss Texas, I was like, no, I'm a rep Texas. I'm like, I'm a Texan now, you know, I'm like, (laughs) and so I'm a Texan now. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Right. And so you Thank you. And so, you know, becoming uh, Miss Illinois, that has a story all its own, right? And so mm-hmm. now being Miss Texas, because I was also second runner up in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I can keep getting second runner up, I need to push myself. So I was like, you know, what am I not doing? I'm not getting a coach. You know, I went to the boot camp, but I really wasn't putting all my effort behind it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in, in pageantry, we're taught you know, you have to put the work in, right? And if it's not your season, it's not your season. Right, absolutely. But you still have that sisterhood. You still, you know, congratulate you. You are happy for the other person. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I love. And I love especially about All World Beauties, the sisterhood in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, pageant week do something to me. I get goosebumps. It's like, I mean, it might be like being on a drug. I just be so excited the whole week. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> Look, the adrenaline is real. Yes, it is amazing. But just the relationships I've built within pageantry. And so pageantry is a big um, community, but it's also a small community. Absolutely. So a lot of people you see, you will see again, like you compete Mm -hmm. against them in one pageant system, you might be competing with them again in another. And so you have to have that uh, peace of mind, right? But still be able to understand this is a competition, but this is still a sisterhood. Like I'm not trying to backstab you. I'm not trying to do anything to, you know, mess up your chance because, and I learned this because I helped assist with the um, 2019 pageant. I was backstage. It's about supporting each other. Absolutely. And so I was like, and I told you, I will always be indebted to all world beauties. Like you need me, I got you. You need me to do something, <laughs> I'm there. And so, you know, just being backstage helping and helping, you know, safety pin people and clip them and putting on their socks and dresses, you know, <laughs> you know. Right, I, exactly. The chaos part, exactly. Right. I, I just get a kick out of that so much. But in this line of pageantry, plus size pageantry that we started out in, 
why do you think that is not more mainstream or do you see it becoming more mainstream? Mm. So I think that, so to, to answer your question, do I think that it is going to become more mainstream? That's inevitable. Um, why is it not mainstream right now? Here's a reality. In there's this perception of what beauty is, right? Mm -hmm. There's this perception. And the perception of beauty is that you have to be a certain size, you have to be a certain color. Um, you have to be, and if not a certain color, you have to be the correct skin tone. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be all of these things that they consider as the complete package. Um, and you run into that in your more, your mainstream pageants, right? Your, um, I'm not gonna say mainstream, I'm gonna call them big name pageants. Let's just call them that, big mm -hmm. name pageants. Cause we're all mainstream, honey. That's right. what I think. Um, look, you think, so therefore you are. Amen. So the, like with Miss America and, and Miss USA, um, they just recent, well, Miss USA, more importantly, in 2020 had what they considered to be a plus size delegate that actually competed for, for 2020. But when you think about the number of years that Miss USA has been around, you know, zero to five, six, maybe, it's kind of pushing it. Mm -hmm. But to be any larger than that, uh, would be considered would be considered plus size to them. That's what that's what they consider it. Um, when you look at major brands, um, they consider you know your nines and your tens. When you're getting into that, they do consider that as plus size. Mm -hmm. So I think that it just happens to be this overall. What it's going to take is an overall mind shift. But here's what what I also believe too. I believe that. A lot of people talk about equality for LGBTQ, um, of course, equality for uh, black and brown people, but nobody is willing to accept that all the things that a plus size person goes through, or like we like to say, a woman of equity goes mm -hmm. through is it's constantly poked fun at, you know, it's looked at as a joke or whatever the case may be. But here's the reality. We all have something to say. I know some absolutely phenomenal plus size women that could run rings around a lot of these women. And that's just like Stacy in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Listen, size does not, does not equate me being qualified to, to do a job. It just doesn't, Right. it just doesn't. And in pageantry, it's no different, you know? And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about the National All World Beauties pageant is that everyone here, regardless of size, you are looked at as an individual and the individual that's going to be the best person to do the job that's going to do the work. Because our pillars of inner beauty, empowerment, and service are solid. I think that 
one day will we see a plus size pageant on TV? Yes. But will it take some time to get there? Absolutely. I think that one of the other things that's really helped us is that the table, we're never invited to the table. Mm -hmm. We have to create our own. But it's when we create our own and then they see what we have going on at our table that they get interested. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, okay. You know, maybe we do need to, maybe we we do need to, you know, talk to that and figure that out and figure out, you know, how we can bridge the gap, you know, to be more accepting of all people, you know, not just because you, because you're a certain size demographic or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that we all have something to offer. Everybody does. And once, you know, mainstream media catches on to it, I think the world would be better for it because people wouldn't have to live in this space of, you know, feeling, feeling ashamed for being plus size, feeling that, um, feeling that they don't matter because they're plus size um, and feeling like they have to constantly search for, for segues to just feel comfortable, you know, in, in different spaces because other plus size people are there. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not one of those people. I am one of those people that I believe that I belong in whatever room I step into. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset that we all have to adopt. And when I first considered doing pageantry and when I found out that there were plus size pageants, I can remember saying to myself, I cannot believe that there are plus size pageants and I don't know anything about them. And here's the reality. There's still a lot of people that don't know. Mm-hmm. So people know what they, they know what they know and, and don't what they don't. I think that it's still up to us to make sure that we constantly educate and, and knock on those doors until they too, until they do know. I think that's extremely important. So to answer your question, yes, I do think that we will evolve to be more um, household names. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. I, I believe that in my heart of hearts one day that it will happen. Right. And, you know, now that I'm in pageantry, I see how many different plus size pageant systems there are. I think mm-hmm. because of the first one I heard of was Miss Plus America. But, mm-hmm. you know, especially I think there are more of them on the East Coast, but there are those pageant systems that are out there. And so mm-hmm. once you start to get into pageantry, you start to see, and um, what is it, Pageant Planet? Mm-hmm. I went on there to search and I'm like, they don't necessarily have just a plus size division. Correct. Like, there are so many, you know, pageant systems out there. I had to like literally click on each one to see what the divisions were mm-hmm. in that pageant. And I was mm-hmm. like, why don't we have a filter for plus size? Mm-hmm. Just so we know to make it easier, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so kind of getting into it was more word of mouth, right? Right. Because I'm in right. this system and then I meet somebody and then I learn about this system and, you know, on right. and on and on. And right. so I think too, that there will be one day and I just like had an idea click. We need to call like TV one or somebody and get it televised and sponsored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we need Absolutely. to start being I at agree. the forefront and really, you know, start getting 
the, the word and our names out there. And so mm-hmm. one thing I appreciate about the National All World Beauties is that it's also not just about women, right? We have a male division also. We have our men too, our kings. Our kings are always just as important. Exactly. And I was like, you don't hear about men in pageantry a lot. You may hear about them behind the scenes, you know, Mm -hmm. the different coaches and things Mm -hmm. like that, but you Mm -hmm. don't hear about them actually participating in the pageant. So Mm -hmm. why is this such a unique thing for the National All World Beauties to have a man of distinction? You're listening to the Seven Figure Girls podcast with your host, Katrina the Hurricane. How is the men of distinction division unique? Men of Distinction part of the National All World Beauties pageant unique is that it gives the men another platform to get involved in pageantry for those who may have had wanted to do so in the past, but not necessarily had a segue to do so. Um, A lot of our competitors come from them having direct relationships in the National All World Beauties on the women's side. Um, we have, we're going to have a sister and a brother this year um, that are going to be competing together in, uh, from Alabama. And, you know, him watching the pageant, watching her flourish and grow uh, through the pageant uh, made him want to uh, come into the competition side. He's used to the directing side um, because um, for, uh, uh, for HBU, HBCU pageants, mm-hmm. but um, he wanted to, you know, kind of get his feet with it actually compete on his own but you know you also have uh, like the Mr. United Nations, Mr. USA, those pageants as well but the problem with those pageants too is that you do have to meet a certain you know requirement or demographic as far as you know um, to do well you know height, size, weight you know all that really does matter but in the National All World Beauty's pageant a man isn't truly encouraged to be himself and, you know, when you think of a man of distinction, you know, what do you think about? You know, you think about a man who is well-dressed, a man that is very well put together, a man who has something to say. And I know that our kings for this season really have something to say and are following, you know, the great footsteps of our current king, Jonathan, who has done an absolute phenomenal job um, with his reign as Uh, the Man of Distinction for 2019-2020. You know, there have just been opportunities that he was so willing to jump in and take advantage of, and him being at Prairie View, um, still assisting there. There were so many young men who wanted to get involved, wanted to know what it was about. You know, with us being a more service-driven pageant, you know, a lot of them were like, okay, you know, what can I do, you know, and want to be a part of this. So I really think that this is going to be um, a division that is going to grow exponentially um, for us in the coming years. I think that it's really going to be part of our statement as Mm -hmm. well um, with us welcoming, you know, not only women to the circuit, but men to the circuit. You know, the National All World Beauties and Men of Distinction pageant is a multicultural, multi-generational movement. And that's what we call it. And we have something for everyone, you know, from we're bringing back our princess program this year. So we literally have something for age three to infinity. 
Okay. <laughs> if you have a, if you have a healthy level of competition and you still, you know, and I don't think that that goes away the older mm. you get. I think that you still want to, you know, and the ladies who have come through like our elite division have been absolutely wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, so the man of distinction, you know, is nothing, nothing short of that as well. Um, I hear from my men more than I hear from my all world beauty delegates, mm-hmm. you know, they want to make sure that they are right, that they are polished, that they have everything that they want to do and everything that they want to be. They have want to make sure that everything is in line and is perfect. Um, and some of them are coming from situations where they've never competed before. We have a few that have competed, and that's just because they're used to competing on a, a, an other um, uh, island or international circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here in the United States, it's not really looked at as a masculine thing to compete in pageantry, but it is. It really is. You know, even like when you talked about uh, Pageant Planet, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Roddy was originally. Uh, the first man of distinction for the National All World Beauties brand. Wow, did not mm-hmm. know that. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, I worked with Steve. Steve um, and I, he semi-coached me for when I won American Beauties. You know, he helped mm-hmm. me with that. So, you know, men are just as involved in pageantry as women are, if not more. You know, even when you think about James, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's super involved, you know, and he, when I first came into pageantry, he just fell in love with it. He was like, oh, you know, this is great. We could do this. We could do that. He always wanted to look at gowns. I always wanted to do everything, whatever the case may be. And then you think about some of the most amazing pageant coaches that are out there, like J.J. Smith, you know, mm-hmm. who has several... Miss Universe title holders under his belt, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, him being a male and loving all of this, you know, gay, straight, whatever, a man who has a healthy level of competition, they want to compete too. Mm-hmm. And we give them that, um, that platform to be able to do so and to be themselves and to welcome them with open arms. And they really take this experience by the horns and just kind of drive it. So it's, it's really exciting to watch them grow as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you just touched upon the word platform because I don't know, I think when people think pageantry, they think crown, they think dress, right? We think about mm-hmm. the televised things that we see. But mm-hmm. like you were saying, one of the pillars of the National All World Beauties pageant is service. Mm-hmm. So how important is it to have a platform and to be of service in pageantry? So each one of us have a purpose for, for being here. And we just have to tap into what that purpose is mm-hmm. and, and live our life to serve that purpose. It's just like in pageantry. In pageantry, you should not compete without a purpose. There should, you should always have something that drives you, something that you want to be the champion for for the year, because that's going to be a requirement of you, um, you know, with all of your uh, obligations and uh, appearance requirements, whatever the case may be, you have to make sure that you are 100% ready. And being the champion for your platform is absolutely, you know, what's going to set a part of your legacy. You have to figure out what do you want your legacy as a title holder to look like? Is my legacy going to speak true to who I am, to how dedicated I was to the system, how dedicated I was to my platform, 
how dedicated I was to making sure that I allowed my voice to be heard. With the National All World Beauties pageant, um, with, along with service, your speaking elements are 55%. We want our title holders to, if we had to let you loose and President Joe Biden was in the room and you could actually be able to have a conversation with him with no problem or you know, with Ms. Kamala Harris, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that, that's important, but you need to be able to speak to, well, why did you decide to compete? Your why has a lot to do with your platform. And platform has a lot to also ties back to people's personal challenges um, or just causes that are near and dear to their heart. Uh, things that they feel is important that needs to be shed a light on. Um, it's your job to educate people during your reign on your platform. That's your job. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's exactly what you're there for because being a title holder is a job. It's a job you know, along with everything else that you have going on throughout your day, it is a job. And so whether it's HIV and AIDS, colon cancer awareness, like it is for myself, financial literacy, um, if it's, you know, um, promoting literacy in, you know, in children, you know, making sure that they understand the level of, you know, what a good education does provide, you know, for them. You know, mm -hmm. you give a voice to the voiceless when you take your platform and you decide to go out into pageants and compete, or you just go out, just go out. You don't have to be in pageantry to have a platform. Everyone should have a platform, something that they are a champion for, something that they believe in, something that they are willing to um, go to the fire and tell people, this is important to me. That's just like all the other, you know, different movements that are going on in the world those are people's platforms. Mm -hmm. And um, your as long as your platform is valid to you, that's what matters. It's just your job to be the expert and to execute that to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's going on and what you mean in your platform. So yes. All right, and, and you are so right because when I first started in pageantry, um, like I said, I did it for fun. And so having to come up with a platform, I'm like, what do I naturally do? Like, what, what am I doing out in the world? And mm -hmm. at the time it was mentoring young women, which I still do. But I was like, I wanted my platform for this pageant season to be different, to be more mm -hmm. meaningful, to be more personal. And I don't know what else can be more personal than finance because my finance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so I was like, financial literacy is my platform. And so I was like, I started working with um, the elementary schools in Dallas through my employment to do junior achievement. I joined the financial ministry at my church to teach um, the Dave Ramsey financial piece, the budgeting class. And okay. so I also did it because I figure if I'm this bad at my finances, maybe me learning and teaching others will Absolutely. help me in return. Absolutely. And then I said, what other topic touches everybody on this planet? I can go anywhere and mm -hmm. teach about the basics of financial literacy. All of us on this planet depend on some form of financial literacy to live Absolutely. every day. And Absolutely. so I was like, this is amazing. And so, you know, I've, I've made it a point to start following more, to learn more. Like, what do I need to know about investing and things like that? And so 
that platform, I think is something that reaches every age group. Cause like I mm-hmm. said, I, I go into the, I teach kindergarten classes, right? About the basics of, oh, this is a quarter, this is a dime, that kind of thing. But it mm-hmm. also goes up to the levels of anybody in adulthood. And so it is my privilege to be, be able to share and be of service in that way to teach something because I wanna break generational cycles. I'm not Absolutely. even calling it a curse anymore because that's putting right. a curse on a curse. No, we're breaking generational cycles. We're learning right. to build generational wealth. Um, we are learning to really go beyond that monthly budget. Because, you Absolutely. know, I, I, got, I, I got a little shopping addiction. I can admit it. But I'm going I'm to exactly. <laughs> get through it. get through it. Exactly. Especially Fighting off the Amazon Prime demon. Mm-hmm. And, and Amazon got the nerve to send me a daily lightning deal. Yes. I'm like, how dare you? Cause you know, I, that shirt was in my bag. That was, that was in my list. And that's why they said this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, and I got a bat. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, it's $20 off now. Better get it before the lightning deal is over. Yeah, exactly. So like curbing that, but really knowing what your triggers are when it comes to finances, because with anything we have triggers, you know? And so learning that growing up, you know, the baby of four and my brother always wearing Adidas and I'm wearing pro wings. That's a trigger. That's why I'm always bad shoes, right? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So just those kind of things. And so, but that's one thing that I love about this pageant system. You stress the importance of service, Yeah. right? You stress the importance of inner beauty because it's not about how pretty you are. You can be the prettiest person mm-hmm. in the face and be the meanest in spirit. That yes. is not what it is about. And that is then, not what it's about. Right. And then to empower each other. So this is why, and just the spirit of the way you do things behind the scenes. I'm telling you, this feeling, the feeling I get from pageant week, I'm like, ooh, I just like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like, I just love it. But I love it because I know you are the woman behind it. And you are, you set that standard for us and that you, you give the ultimate experience. And so, like I said, I am always happy and glad that I hold the title in the National All World Beauty Pageant. Oh, amen. Absolutely wonderful. I love it, love it, love it. Yes, but you, you are also an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And so how hard is it to, be, to own a pageant system? Mm. So... Here's a, here's a hard reality that a lot of pageant directors are unwilling to admit. And if you, you have to have a heart for it. You do. Because you will quit your pageant every day. Mm. Literally. <laughs> You'll sit there and be like, you know what? I am done with this. I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm, I'm over it, whatever the case may be. But it's the love for it that, that keeps you tied to it not the financial gain from it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's true is that, you know, to put on a quality pageant, you know, requires a little bit of sacrifice um, from, from the director, at least for the first five years, you know, until they get to a place where they can secure larger sponsorships Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that will help them cover, you know, their production pieces, um, you know, crown sashes, everything else that they're going to need, all the things that are involved in creating, you know, a, a good system. And a lot of the large name patches do so well because they have 
those large sponsorships that help offset those costs. Um, delegate fees don't necessarily cover a pageant. Mm -hmm. There are still things that have to that have to be done. Um, you want what I am cognizant of is the pocket. I am always cognizant of the pocket. I tell people all of the time that if you're making life decisions, if you want to pay your light bill or buy a dress for the pageant, then maybe competing in pageantry is not for you. Maybe that's something that you, you need to reevaluate for right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you that you can't eventually compete, but in order to be a good, solid competitor, you have to be willing to make an investment in yourself. And it does require quite a bit of investment and, and think about the investment that you make in yourself to be a good competitor then if you add that to the spectrum for the director or the owner of the system then it's times 50. So so think of it that way. Mm -hmm. um, pageant budgets can range from low numbers to high numbers. It really just depends on what is the overall experience that you want to provide but working as a tax accountant for now over 20 years, that really has helped me in keeping everything streamlined mm -hmm. as far as budgeting process for the pageant, making sure that I stick to my budget because managing corporate finances is exactly how I manage my own. Because we are, because you know, even though we're an LLC, I do consider us a corporate, we are a corporation, that's how we operate. Okay, mm -hmm. so the finances that come through the pageant are no different than if I worked for McDonald's or Dairy Queen or Walgreens or Walmart or whoever else. Um, I have to look at what my overall GL balance is going to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then just kind of work backwards from there is, is what I do. I say, okay, this is what we have to work with. These are our debts that we have. These are some of the credits of what we have coming in. And I literally apply that. Okay. I literally apply that knowledge to um, everything um, pageant related. So that way, I make sure that I don't overspend where I don't need to, mm -hmm. and making sure that I'm able to cover all the finances that I need to be able to cover. And so that's. So, so that's important. So the struggle with being a um, up and coming mainstream pageant is that you have a lot of people that don't know who you are, you know, who haven't heard your name and getting your name out there so that way you can secure the larger sponsorships um, is a challenge, but I don't think it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I just think that it takes patience and time to get there, but until you get there, you just make sure that you operate under your the budget that you set, and don't 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 go over it. Or if you meet at it, great. If you come under it, perfect. Do not knock yourself in debt uh, trying to provide an experience that you know you can't afford to provide. And that's just like with a, a title holder. You know, any like even for you, I would say, okay, Katrina, your overall budget for clothes, hotel, travel, whatever the case may be. Let's say you set your budget at three thousand. 
That's it. You know the exact amount of money that you've allotted for pageantry and you know exactly what you have and what you don't have. If it, if it comes out to be more than that, you need to figure out why. Okay, well, where did I overspend? Where is a place that I could have done? You know, um, one of the things that I tell people all the time too in looking at your budget for pageantry, just because it's the well-known name place does not necessarily mean that that's gonna be the best overall place to fit the budget for what you're trying to do. Look around. There are plenty of places that you know that you can that you can do and that you can use. Um, the only thing that this year is that COVID really kind of jacked up everything, right? Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of you know city facilities that were not open, but city facilities do have some have stages, especially like Plano. Plano has tons of stages, you know, that you can use or they can put or that you can book for during COVID were not available. Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, right? Because of all the CDC restrictions, which they are still following, you know, even though the state of Texas is open. And so being an entrepreneur, you just run into the, all of those different challenges, trying to navigate it. Uh, one thing that I did learn in COVID is that I could do anything. I, I did. I, I really learned a lot about myself I learned a lot about myself as far as managing business, uh, managing different aspects of the business, because when they say, we're going to shut everything down, you're automatically thinking, oh my God, how is this going to affect my business? And what I realized is that even as a smaller entrepreneur, I was in the same position with everybody regardless of how large the name is, we were all in the same bucket of how is this going to affect our business? What can we do going forward to make sure that we're going to be okay, mm -hmm. you know, for sustainable growth? And with making the decision to go ahead and push the pageant out to the next year was a very hard one, but necessary because the National All World Beauty Pageant delegates do pay for an ultimate experience. I have nothing against virtual pageants. I think that they're great. Um, I have seen some amazing and beautiful productions. I think the one that Miss Plus World did is absolutely phenomenal, did a phenomenal job, um, which they had to because they have young ladies who compete from all over the world that weren't able to travel. So mm -hmm. that's the best fit for them. But for us, you guys can come to Dallas. So so we're gonna make it do what it do <laughs> is exactly what we're exactly what we're gonna do. But we are going to have fun. We are going to be COVID safe. We're gonna be all of these things. But I think that a lot of people look at the financial part of of entrepreneurship more than the work, because mm -hmm. the work is just as hard. The work is just as hard. You have to be one hundred percent committed. Because if not, you will give up. It's just like, oh, forget it. I'm just gonna work on somebody nine to five forever. I'm just gonna, I'm exactly. just gonna do that. I'm just gonna do that. But they say if you do something that doesn't feel like work, you'll never work another day in your life. And that's exactly what, you know, managing the national all world beauty pageant does for me. So I'm in it to win it. So we're here. 
Amen. And, and that's perfect because I'm the same way. Like I have started a business off of seven figure girls. And so, mm-hmm. right. Being an entrepreneur and you have to have a passion for it because, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. COVID came in and you'd be like, I ain't doing this. I'm like, I'm sad. <laughs> but, no, you know, no. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. But let, let, let me get a break. Let me get my head back together and get back in the game. It's like, it's mm-hmm. an, it's about not giving up, right? And mm-hmm. if you do have to have a passion for whatever you go because entrepreneurship is hard, and especially when you're not making money at first, right? When you're not mm-hmm. making any money and then you're waiting to turn that profit, that can be years. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you like you said, you have to be in it to win it. You have to be in it to win it. That is absolutely true. You know, and in, in, in any business, you know, the rule of thumb is, three to five years before you see a return. And pageants are no different. Pageants are absolutely no different. It is, you know, you're going to make some financial sacrifices to make your pageant work. But around year five, you will really start to see, well, actually with three, because I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point Mm -hmm. where you know, there are more opportunities for sponsorships coming along and I'm waiting on some good words this week and I'm just praying for those. I'm so excited about it. But um, it's things like that, that you just have to just keep trying. Mm -hmm. You just have to keep trying. You know, delay don't mean denied. Amen. Delay don't mean denied. And just because it didn't happen right now doesn't mean that it won't. So you just have to just keep trying. But um you just have to be willing to willing to invest and know that in order for you to provide a good quality for to set the standard for what you want going forward, it's going to take some money to get it done. Mm-hmm. But that money doesn't always have to come from the extra money always to come out of your pocket. It doesn't always have to. So yes. Mm-hmm. So I want to get to know you a little better. Okay. All right. So I got a few questions for you. Okay. So I'm not even going to, I usually ask people this question because they don't, you know, have a pageantry background, but what is your opinion of pageantry? So my opinion of pageantry is that it is a, it's a good way for you to get to know more about you if you trust the process. Um, I do believe that pageantry is such an elegant space. And I think that it does have a way of uh, refining um, women and men. I do believe that. I do believe that it does. And I also believe that it prepares you for life outside of pageantry. Um, It allows you to become out of your shell. You do become more talkative. Um, I am an introvert. And a lot of people don't believe that. Oh, I honey, I love my, <laughs> my personal space, me and my house with nothing on. I'm good with that. Not an ounce of sound. But when I go out into the world, I also don't have a problem talking to people. I don't have a problem meeting new people. Um, so it did push me outside my comfort zone for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, believe, I believe that pageantry can just being a cat that will help you to grow mm-hmm. as an individual and help you to realize all of the things that you want to go and do and be in the, in this process of growing and learning through pageantry. So yes, I do. 
I think it's absolutely wonderful, um, especially if you're a person that's you're in this space and you really don't know. Um, do something different. Mm-hmm. Try it out. See see what it is. See what it's like, and then just watch your growth in the process. You you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at you know at the things that happen if you look at your life five years ago to where it is now. You know, I know that I have to credit pageantry for where I am today because I would not be right here. I, I wouldn't be at all. I'm right there with you. You know, um, I'm involved in uh, something that James is doing. Shout out to James. And so he kind of, you know, because I'm surrounded by plus size models and I don't consider myself a plus size model. I would aspire to be one, but I am not one. I'm like, I'm a pageant queen at this point. <laughs> and so, um, James stood up and said, you know, he remembers when he first saw me, when he met me and the growth he has seen in me. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that really touched me because, you know, I've had friends also that have said, you know, moving to Dallas and being in pageantry has really grown something in me that mm-hmm. I've really gotten, gotten to be in my own myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, people ask me the question about, like, what do you feel you need most in pageantry? And I'm like confidence because, you know, you are being judged by other people. Mm-hmm. But once you have that confidence in yourself and it just builds up on that, you know that it's okay. You're untouchable. Right. If that, if that makes sense. And so yes. it does, and it helps you grow, you know, even more beyond that. Because when people first meet me, I'm really shy. And then you mm-hmm. can see, like, once I get to be comfortable with you, then I'm more outgoing. Mm-hmm. And so just to, to know that, me being a pageant queen and having this platform, I have to speak out for others on behalf mm-hmm. of others. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it's no longer about me. And that's what right. being of that service is. The confidence and the knowledge I'm sharing and help and how it will help others. Is, Absolutely. That's what it does. So. Absolutely. It takes a lot of moxie to, to stand up in front of five to seven people who don't know you at all and to convince them that you're good enough to do this job for the next year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot. You know, it goes back to what I said before. It takes a, a level of vulnerability to be able to do it and to be okay and to be okay with the end result. Mm-hmm. And to totally be okay with the end result and know that, like I said, delayed does not mean denied. And just because it did not happen right now doesn't mean that you failed. It just meant that it was not your time. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding that all of this is a process of growth. And the more you grow, the more you know, and you'll be okay. Exactly. And it's about, you know, being able to go back and watch videos or, or see what, what yeah. did I not do right? How can I grow exactly. in that area? What else can I do? Um, and being honest about your development. Mm-hmm. Being honest about it. Because a lot of people will say, well, I did this and I did that and I had a perfect interview. And, and this, this, and this, it's like, well, was it really? You know, so that's why, you know, one of the things that does make the National Art World Beauty's Pageant unique is that we do provide coaching for our delegation. So regardless if you're new or, you know, if you're a novice or if you're someone who's been in the pageant for a longer period of time, you know, you've competed before. We have something for everyone to help you to make sure that you're ready and very well prepared uh, for the pageant, uh, going into the pageant. So that's another thing that's extremely important. Yeah, and that's something I, I appreciate because, you know, 
in the first passion I was in, I did have that coach. We didn't have those, you know, interview um, sessions and things like that. And so mm-hmm. knowing now, mm-hmm. you know, being through your system, I've had several boot camps. I've had, mm-hmm. you know, been attached to coaches and I've gone to those, you know, interview review sessions and things like right. that. And so that yeah. makes a difference in the preparation you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So if you were not doing what you do today, what would you be doing? Mm. If I was not doing what I would be doing today, what would I be doing? Mm -hmm. I would be a nurse. Really? Yes. So funny story, but don't laugh too hard. So when I first started going to college, I was so gung-ho about being a nurse. It was something I really, really wanted to do. So my senior year of high school, um, I had applied for this program at UT Southwestern. They had just transferred from being St. Paul Hospital. And at UT Southwestern, they had this science program where, you know, it's like future nurses of America and all this, whatever the case may be. So after my freshman year, I did get in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is great. So I go to take the class and everything else is going on and everything's going great. And I was like, I want to be an emergency room nurse. So they were like, really? Okay. Let's see how this goes. So you're laughing already. So (laughs) we, so we go and it's, it's an evening shift and there's a lot of stuff going on or whatever the case may be. Honey, what they did not tell me was that there was so much blood and guts. I fainted. Oh my. And when I woke up, my mom was there. And she said, so what are we doing? Because I'm going into finance. (laughs) (laughs) So I changed it. And sometimes I regret that. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I regret it. But Oh God, but but other times I don't because here's the reality too. If if I had went through and went to be a nurse and then went ahead and got my practitioner and everything else, I don't know if I would have had the time mm-hmm. to, to dedicate to the purpose that God had for me. And his purpose for me was to not be a nurse. His ultimate purpose was for me to be sitting right here in front of you. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's okay with me. And I'm good with that. But I would have been. I would have been nursing Andrea. And we, we happy you didn't go that route too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <coughs> All right. So what is your favorite food and where can we get it? Oh. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite, oh, my, my ultimate favorite food is Thai food. Really? Yes. And there is this beautiful little hole in the wall place. And it's a really pretty place when you go inside. It's in North Dallas. It's right there off of a 75 between Royal and um, Walnut Hill Lane. Mm-hmm. And it is called Bangkok D. Mm. And uh, the lady that owns it, her name is Dee. She is absolutely wonderful. She is the cutest little Thai lady ever. She's been there forever, but it is called Bangkok Dee. And their food is 
phenomenal. It is amazing. I really, really, really like it. And so that's one of my secret little dives that I will share with all of you. Uh, that that's my favorite. So that's what I love. I love Thai food. Okay. See, learning stuff about you all the time. <laughs> all right. So what is your favorite vacation spot and why? So my favorite vacation spot is uh, the beautiful island of Hawaii. Um, so my honey, Mr. Byron Christopher, he is, um, he grew up there. And right after I competed in, well, after I crowned my successor at AWB, he took me to Hawaii and it was October, that October. And what I loved about Hawaii was not only the people and the food, but just the overall calmness of, and the connection that you automatically feel to the land. And being around all of these places that are so sacred that they literally have signs up telling people, don't come here, it is sacred land, don't walk here, don't touch that. And looking at these, mountains and hills where it looked like God just took his hands and just played in clay mm. and he took me to this park and it's a park where people go to pray and it's not far from what they call um, um, Chinaman Tat and um, I have to send you a picture but um, at this park is where a lot of people go for cleansing and for prayer and, you know, just to kind of be at one with God and let it all go. And it was the one place that I have been. And, and I've been as far as Bali. And it was the one place that I've been where I felt the sh most strongest spiritual connection to God. and was actually able to enjoy my vacation more than any other. And it was absolutely wonderful refreshing, beautiful, and if Hawaii is on your bucket list, put it on your to-do list. Mm. Take it off your bucket list and put it on your to-do list. I'll Absolutely. To. You're going to have to. Because, you know, I feel like to. wherever there's a large body of water, God is there, right? Yes. And so, like, I always... Absolutely have to find some large body of water to walk around to go visit like whenever I go mm -hmm. out of town and things like that and so mm -hmm. if I feel that way around water I can only imagine feeling the presence in that park like man listen and at the time when we went they were um they have like the times where they experienced what they call trade winds mm -hmm. and I can remember when Byron and I had came in we had went shopping and did some other things and um he opened the because, you know, they don't have a lot of uh, central heat and air. Mm -hmm. And um, he opened the windows. And I can remember sitting there, laying across the bed, and that wind just coming in. Oh, man. If I could put that in a jar and just sell it. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So I really, really enjoyed that. So like I said, if it's on your bucket list, put it on your to-do list. Because it's a definitely a to-do. Okay, I will. All right, and where do you see yourself in five years? So in five years, I see myself um, premiering the National All-World Beauty Pageant on ABC, NBC, Fox, 
CBS, all of the rest of any of them. It, look, any network. You know, that's where I that's where I see for as far as the business part. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, I see myself, of course, um, married, probably with a little one, one hundred percent at home, working for myself. Um, so that I can be the type of dedicated mother that I want to be uh, for my babies and um, just enjoying life, enjoying the fruits of the labor and I'm enjoying the, the seeds that are being planted now and just watching them continue to elevate and grow and just um, being in this space of constantly evolving, uh, staying committed to my own process as a lifetime learner and look, probably operating a whole nother business that I'm, that I'm actually trying to get off right now. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so being fully ingrained in entrepreneurship is where I see myself in five years. I don't right. see myself working in corporate in five years. All right. Amen. And you can uh, teach a masterclass to me on that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Yes, because I need some help. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the starting entrepreneur and I'm like, I didn't took a two month break already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to get back into it. So get back into it. <laughs> All right. So before I let you go, any words of wisdom for anyone who is aspiring to be in pageants? My word of wisdom to anyone who is aspiring to be in pageants is just do it. There are no limitations to life except for the ones that you place on your own life. And if it's tugging at you, it's tugging at you for a reason. Follow it. Follow the path. You never know where it could lead you. You absolutely never know where it can take you. You know, where would Oprah Winfrey be if she had never taken up to compete in Black Tennessee? Where would Vanessa Williams be if she had never done that? Where would Holly Berry be if she had never done that? Think about that. You know, these are phenomenal women that started in pageantry, you know, who went on to have amazing careers in acting and television. And, you know, of course, Oprah is my superhero, okay? That's my superhero, Mm -hmm. you know? So so I'm gonna add that to my five-year list that um, Oprah will be in my cell phone somebody I can text amen we're gonna put that in the atmosphere right there but um you know what if those women did not take advantage of those opportunities you know and even for Nanette what if she never took advantage of the opportunity to you know to compete in pageantry you know that where she's been so helpful to all of us Mm -hmm. you know where would we be you know opportunities come off the shoulders of others sometimes well, not sometimes, but a lot of the time. And your purpose could be tied to someone else's purpose. So don't not follow your gut. Always follow your gut. If it's telling you that you need to do it, that you need to take the leap, that you need to compete, you go right ahead. Having the experience doesn't matter. You can always start somewhere. And why not the National All World Beauties and Man of Distinction pageant? Because we can surely help you. Amen. 
And amen. Amen. And just so everyone knows, I on our website, we will have a link to All World Beauties and to Andrea's bio so you can see all about her. But Andrea, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak with the Seven Figure Girl podcast. And I can't wait till I can see you and hug on you a little bit more. Oh, no. Oh, no. Get ready for this pageant. We're going to do this 20th anniversary, people. Sale. Tickets going to sell April 1st. And so this will be up on the website April 1st. And so, you know, um, there will be virtual tickets so you can watch online. There will Absolutely. be in-person tickets. Um, and so there are opportunities abound. So once again, Andrea, thank you so much for coming to the 7th Street Girl Podcast. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And much success to you, beautiful. And I look forward to you gracing the All World Beauty stage in June. Yes, hope I don't trip. Yay, there okay. <laughs> oh, Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Girls podcast. To learn more about Seven Figure Girls or 7FG, check out our website at sevenfiguregirls.com. Please subscribe, share, and rate us anywhere where you can listen to your podcast. Until next time, cherish her, embrace her, honor her, and always crown her.